Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Mary Kay Cabot is in Florida for the owners meetings and that's what we're going to talk about today. She checks in uh, from Florida and we've got a whole bunch of stuff to get to. She gives us three big headlines. We start with Baker Mayfield and kind of how this could all play out. The conclusion that could happen with Baker Mayfield and how quickly it could happen. Uh, there's, this is going to be tough for the Browns to move him. So we talk about all of that. We also get into the possibility of Jarvis Landry returning. And we even touch on that small possibility that Odell Beckham Jr. could want to end up back in a Cleveland Browns uniform. And lastly, we discuss Deshaun Watson and the attendance in the offseason program and why we think it's an important thing for this football team. So that's coming up on the Orange Brown Talk podcast. If you're not a Football Insider subscriber, you got to be. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. A newsletter delivered to your inbox every single morning. Access to exclusive stories on Cleveland.com slash Browns. And of course, you can become one of our text subscribers. So again, the blue banner at the top of the page at Cleveland.com slash Browns to get info and get signed up. All right, here we go. The Orange Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on the Orange or Brown Talk podcast here. Uh, Mary Kay joining me from Florida. I am still in snowy and cold Northeast Ohio. Mary Kay, I thought uh, since you're at the owners meetings, maybe you could give me some of the headlines that stood out to you today. When you talk to Kevin Stefanski, of course, I'm sure you've been talking to other people as well. Uh, maybe pick out some like the three biggest things today. So go ahead. What do you have first on your mind? Uh, You know what, first, let's cover some of the Baker Mayfield stuff. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, Joe Thomas, you know, the day that I got down here, Joe Thomas had mentioned on a podcast that that Baker Baker Mayfield had turned down $30 million a year from the Cleveland Browns. Now, I knew that wasn't, that didn't sound right to me because I had been reporting this for, uh, you know, the past year and a half about how there were no substantive talks and you know nothing really happened with extension discussions after they gave him the um, the fifth year option after they picked that up. So I didn't think it was correct, but it started to gain some traction out there, uh, you know, on social media. So I figured I, I better address it. So I was able to, uh, you know, to get two sources to tell me that that was absolutely false. That wasn't true. Um, but you know, then as I delved more into the the Baker Mayfield situation here and talked to a lot of people. There's just not a market for him right at the moment. The only way the Browns really are going to be able to move him is if they do probably pick up some of that $18.86 million contract. Other than that, teams are not willing or prepared to do that. They know that the Browns uh, have no leverage. They have no market. And they're probably either going to have to pay some of that money or wait until a quarterback gets hurt and goes down. And then the Browns, you know, have an asset to trade. So 
those are some of the, you know, some of the snippets of what's going on down here with Baker Mayfield. Now, it, it did sound like Kevin made it sound like he want, like he wanted a resolution for this quickly, but it also sounds like you're saying maybe that won't happen. <laughs> well, let me, let me explain what you're saying about a resolution quickly. That was a misquote on ESPN. Okay. Um, yeah, that was a, a misquote. The way that that was stated by Kevin Stefanski and the way that I wrote it in my headline was that Kevin Stefanski would like closure on, on Baker Mayfield. And he did not put any kind of a time frame on it. So, you know, we found it unfortunate that ESPN tweeted that out like that because that's not at all what was said today. So just to clarify that, it was, he was saying, we were hoping for closure. And that's what everybody in the organization wants. They want to close the door on the Baker Mayfield era. They want to put all of their efforts and thoughts and everything into Deshaun Watson. They don't want him, uh, you know, sort of hanging over the organization as a, you know, as a ghost of Christmas past, right? I just talked to somebody today that was talking about that, about like eliminating the ghosts from the organization. And that's yeah. one thing that they have to do. I actually kind of think that may have factored into the Austin Hooper situation too, because he was Baker's best friend. And I think it almost seems like it was time to, to let that go as well. So, um, so that's, that's basically what the plan is, but there really isn't much of a market for him here. Now we will be talking to the NFC coaches tomorrow, and I will be interested to check in with a few of them because we've heard, you know, Hey, maybe the Seahawks might get interested. Maybe the Panthers might get interested. So I'll see what I can get from that uh, either tomorrow or as I move around the, the owners meetings, but for right now, there, there's not much happening with Baker Mayfield. Well, and, and I'm sure Baker wants closure too, obviously. I mean, I'm, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about it from a Browns perspective, but I'm sure Baker wants to get traded and go somewhere. I mean, we're getting to the point it's March 28th when we're recording this, some teams are going to be opening their off season program next week. You know, others are going to open it on April 18th. I'm sure he's going to want to be able to kind of get stuff squared away and not have to roll into a new situation in like the middle of May or even like training camp. I'm sure he'd like to be able to, to get his feet down somewhere and be able to kind of start that process of, especially if he has to compete, becoming a team's quarterback. Yes, absolutely. He would like to do that. And he has started throwing, even though it's a little earlier than we thought he would start throwing. I had originally heard like end of April, but he has been down in Austin, Texas, throwing to uh, Cole Beasley and Danny Amendola a little bit. So that's good news for him uh, to be able to do that. And I think that shows a team that maybe he'll be ready sooner than later from his torn labrum surgery. So that's all good. Um, but again, yes, I think he would like to get somewhere. You, you want to get in the playbook, right? I mean, he has to learn another new playbook. Think about this. Every year or every other year, Baker has to learn a new playbook. Finally, he had the same playbook two years in a row. Well, that was, you know, that was the, the extent of it for him. So yes, he's going to want to get somewhere, get rolling, see what he can do. And, uh, and, you know, he might be in a situation now where he has to fight for a starting job, either that, or, you know, they have to wait for somebody to get hurt. But think about this, Dan, they don't do any contact for a long time. 
and right. quarterbacks don't even do contact, you know, until the regular season. So if you're waiting for a quarterback to go down, it's probably going to have to be in the first four weeks of the season. And even then it would have to be a team that wasn't ready to turn things over to their backup. So this is, this is a little dicey and not going the way that Baker's camp hoped. Well, and, and then you've got to start for the, on the Brown side, you've got to start paying him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now you're getting into like, you know, if you're paying him for four games or five games to not play now, it's like, well, why didn't you just take on some of that money back in April instead of now you're just paying him to, to not play for you. Yeah. Um, and, and he's got to deal with the whole, like, does he have to report? Do they tell him to stay away? Or are they allowed to keep it? There's a lot of complications. I think once you get to training camp, um, yeah. they, they need to, I'm sure both sides want to get this cleared as soon as possible. Um, even yes. if that's not exactly what Kevin Stefanski said today. Yes. And, and I have a feeling it might be one of those situations where, and I don't know if Jimmy Haslam would get involved in this, but it might be one of those things where football ops doesn't necessarily want to pick up any of the freight or any of that tab. Jimmy and D Haslam might be like, you know what? We want to be done. So, you know, what's, what's five, six, $7 million to be done. Right. I mean, I mean, they just, they just went $80 million over the record for guaranteed money. I'm sure if it costs them right. five or 6 million more to ship Baker out, I'm sure they wouldn't right. mind doing that. Right. To get that door closed. I, I think it would be worth it. And uh, I think some teams would get interested very quickly. Okay. Uh, let, let's move on then to what stood out to you here. Number two. Well, one of the other things that happened today is I got an opportunity to talk to Jarvis Landry's new agent, Roosevelt Barnes. And a lot of times agents don't go on the record and and they're not usually willing to talk to you. But I was lucky enough to actually get uh, Roosevelt Barnes to talk on the record. And he confirmed that there's mutual interest between uh, Jarvis Landry and the Cleveland Browns. So I thought that was you know, it was something because, um, you know, because you can think something or hear something and, or report something according to sources, but to actually get it from his new agent that yes, there's mutual interest. And, um, and the fact that Deshaun Watson here makes it more intriguing for Baker Mayfield to want to come back. I, I thought that was interesting. I think it's very telling. He always wanted to win a Super Bowl here. Now he actually has a chance to do that. And I think, um, I think if they can get the money right, that, that he would seriously consider signing here. Now, also in talking to people around here, I also heard that the Chiefs were one of the teams that could be interested. And Dan, you and I have just talked, you know, just even off pod uh, about the fact that, that we think he would do really well in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. So it, it might be a situation where he can have his choice between a Patrick Mahomes or a Deshaun Watson two quarterbacks the Browns passed on in the 2017 draft, by the way. Um, but, you know, he might have an opportunity to play with one of those kind of guys. And he's never really had that. He's never really had a guy quite like that. And, you know, I think it might make him look a little younger than his 29, almost 30 years. Uh, if he has an opportunity to do that. I obviously it would be great to have him back here. He'll fit into this offense, whatever it looks like. Perfect. Just fine. But there is something about that Kansas city offense and all the stuff they do 
And like, he's not this super fast guy, but they've kind of invested in some super fast guys ever since, you know, obviously they just sent Tyreek Hill packing, but they're going to compensate for that speed elsewhere. The stuff he can do though, when you get the ball in his hands in different ways, I mean, I could see how he, how he would fit in that offense and the way he operates in space and kind of plays receiver, like a running back. Yeah. That's something I could definitely see. And the chiefs have freed up some cap space. Yeah, I mean, I could see Andy Andy Reid devising all different kinds of things uh, for Jarvis. Uh, you know, all the gadget plays and all the tricky stuff that he can do. And you know, when you think about it, though, Kevin Stefanski can and will do the same thing. He didn't do as much of it last year because I think he just kind of went real basic. Uh, and I also think that Jarvis was not feeling himself enough to do some of those things. But now you can put him in harm's way again a little bit. Uh, you know, you can have him do some different things. And, um, and so I think Kevin Stefanski would go back to some of that. Uh, Cause you could have some fun. If you've got Amari Cooper out there, you've got Jarvis, you've got Anthony Schwartz. If Anthony, you know, takes it up a notch the way they expect him to this year. And then I still think that they will, um, that they will draft a, a receiver. I still think they're going to draft a receiver, maybe even with the number 44 overall pick or if they trade up with that pick, that there's, there will still be some good ones left. So you, put, you start putting that together as your receiving core, and it might look really, really good. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they're going to add a receiver through the draft. And um, Jarvis, you know, when you look at the available receivers, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by Will Fuller, but there's a risk there because he's hurt all the time. Um, Jarvis hasn't really been hurt very often. It was just last year. So I, I guess you have to kind of figure out, and nobody would know this better than the Browns. It was that like just a one-time thing is the body starting to break down. I mean, they're the one team that kind of knows the answer to that. They, they might not have the definitive answer, but they know better than anyone else who's, who's kind of looking at Jarvis. Yeah. And the other thing about Jarvis, if he were here next year with Deshaun throwing him the ball and with Amari Cooper being here, he's not going to draw as much attention as he did last year, once Odell was gone, I mean, you just didn't have to do that much, uh, to, you know, to take the next guy out. It was kind of easy to, you know, roll some extra coverage to Jarvis or do whatever you had to do. But with Amari on the field and a couple other good, really good weapons on the field, you're not going to be able to commit all of that, all of those extra defensive backs and coverage to Jarvis. You're going to have to leave him alone and he can get that underneath stuff done. And he could do the jet sweeps and he, he can, he can get back to being very, very productive. So, uh, so I would definitely think that, um, that it would be worthwhile to bring him back. And then again, I've said this a bunch of different times. I don't think this is likely, I think it is an enormous long shot, but we did ask Kevin Stefanski about it today. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. Hasn't slammed the door shut on coming back. The only reason why I even give it a little bit of credence, and that is because the the, Beck, the Haslums really like Odell Beckham Jr. They had a very close relationship with him. I don't think they like the way things ended with him. And I think they would be open to having him back. And Kevin Stavansky today said he likes him. And again, total long shot. I don't think fans should get their hopes up about that one. I don't even know if, they're, if the Browns are going to be able to get Jarvis back because if somebody makes him a better financial offer he'll probably take that um but at least you know these are just some things that you know kind of get kicked around a little bit so I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Odell thing because I wanted to ask about that and the Haslam part of it obviously is, is interesting 
but to me, it's just a harder sell. Like I'm, I'm fine. Like if Jarvis comes back at the right price, I think that's a great fit. I, I guess with the Odell thing, it's like, okay, you're going to bring him in for how much, when are you even going to have him on the field? I mean, let's not forget how he left. I, I know that, you know, certainly Baker things, things went South with Baker, but let's not forget how kind of ugly that was at the end. And the Browns helped him out a lot. And then in the Super Bowl, you've got him telling the production team that, well, I got kicked to the curb and all this stuff. And I, I don't know. I, it just seems like, do you really want to sign up for that when you don't know when he's going to play? This team is going to have enough distractions as it is. They kind of traded for like, I don't want to say the anti-Odell, but like the, the polar opposite of Odell Beckham and Amari Cooper. Like this guy is basically Nick Chubb playing wide receiver. I'm a little more, I, I guess, and it's not a talent thing, but I guess I'd need to be sold a little more on Odell and why, why you would want to go bring him back when there's so many unknowns. And, and also like how it ended. I'm sure there's got to be some level of hard feelings, even if you can move past them with how the thing ended. Absolutely. You're so right about that. And that is why uh, this is much more of a long shot. That was a painful period during the 2021 season for a lot of people. So that is probably not going to happen. But if by chance, you know, Deshaun has some kind of a thought on it and has a relationship with him and would like to have him here. And if the Haslam's think it's a great idea. I mean, we did see what Odell was able to do in a Rams uniform when he had a good quarterback and a good play caller and they, you know, they schemed him open. And again, he didn't have to be the number one receiver. He was the number one receiver here. So he wouldn't have to be that with Amari. And it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world once he's finally healthy, which might not even be this year, as you mentioned. Uh, but, you know, it, it might be, you know, something at least to file away. Because I do think that the Haslam's, you know, they might want to have that narrative or that story end here in Cleveland a little bit differently than it did. Yeah, and I guess it could always be a situation, too, where he's not signed until... I, you know, I don't know. I don't think anybody's necessarily rushing to sign him now, right? I mean, it could be a situation where he's not signed until later. And the Browns, their cap is a little weird because of the Austin Hooper thing and the post June first. Um, so I, I think some of this stuff it might take a little, it might take a little time to play out, even the Jarvis thing. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, they're not in great cap shape right now. Uh, they'd have to move some money around and figure some things out uh, if they were going to get something like that done even with Jarvis right now okay let's take a quick break and then uh, we're going to do one more and back on the orange brown talk podcast Mary Kay, I know you're a little crunched for time there down in Florida uh big news big news always comes out of the orange so these are going to be sort of shorter podcasts but um there's so much news that comes out of it we've got to we've got to catch up with you down there uh every day so give us your third uh kind of headline from the day that stood out to you well, of course, you know, we can't get out of here without a, a Deshaun headline. Um, so there's a couple things that are related to uh, Deshaun Watson that are going on here. And uh, the first one is, well, let me just tell you that everywhere I go, every two steps I take, I have to talk to somebody else about Deshaun Watson and what the Browns did and get opinions on it. And everybody wants to know my opinion. I mean, it is the buzz down here. It mm -hmm. is definitely the buzz. And there'll be more of that to discuss tomorrow because if all goes as planned or hoped on, um, on Tuesday, we'll have an opportunity to talk to the Haslam's 
And Peter King, you know, wrote a story, you know, saying that a lot of the owners are miffed about the fact that they, you know, went off the reservation with the $230 million and, uh, you know, went the extra mile with all these draft picks. And it sort of sets the bar really, really high. So that's going to be something to delve in into tomorrow. But as far as today is concerned, um, Kevin Stefanski during, in, during the breakfast uh, meeting that we had with the coaches this morning, he talked about the fact that Deshaun Watson will come and be around right from the start and participate fully in the offseason program with everyone else. And Kevin's emphasizing that he wants guys here this year. And he's really not afraid to say it. Last year, they still had J.C. Treader on the roster, and he was dead set against guys showing up for the offseason program. And his teammates backed him up on that, and they didn't show up. I mean, they, the offensive guys did not participate in the offseason program. And uh, they actually went down and did, and did like a, an, a thing in Austin at Baker's house and at home and all that kind of stuff. But they were not really around for the offseason program. And I think that Kevin Stefanski feels that that hurt the football team. So the fact that Deshaun is going to be here and start throwing with Amari Cooper right away and start working with the younger guys, Anthony Schwartz, Donovan Peoples-Jones, get to know Nick Chubb, get to know Kareem Hunt. I think it's very, very significant. Yeah, I've, you know, I've been a little bit of a cynic when it comes to off-season program stuff. And, you know, I always, you know, we, we do make a lot out of that stuff. And part of it is, you know, it's a dead period, right? There's not a lot to, to get into. But I do think it's going to be good for this team that these guys show up that first day and show up for the whole program. Kind of like a team that hasn't accomplished anything because they haven't. And, and it's felt the last few years like they've sort of treated it like a team that, that, that has done something, I guess, or a team that felt like it was going to be easy. And that might not be fair, but they, they haven't necessarily treated it like something they had to do. Like they could just kind of show up in training camp, hit the ground running and go win a Super Bowl. I, I don't think you win or lose Super Bowls in the spring, but it certainly helps. And I know the Bengals had a lot of good attendance in that thing. We've seen, mm-hmm. There's been other examples of it too, where teams who are kind of entering this window of contention, it, it just sends a message, I think, when all those guys show up on April 18th. And, and I'm with you, Kevin, even before they got to Sean at the combine, he answered a question where it was kind of like, oh, he really wants guys to be there. I think it was about Baker um, mm-hmm. when, when he would be in the building. He really wants guys to be there for the start of that program. Yeah, and as, as he mentioned today, when I was asking him about Deshaun coming to this program, he reminded us that he's never really had an off-season program with his offense because in the first year it was COVID and in the second year they didn't show up. So this will be the first time that he's trying to get a jump on his offensive scheme heading into the season. And as you mentioned, there are teams that have done it and done a great job with it, like the Bengals. And another team is the Chiefs. Andy Reid is very big on telling these guys they have to come to the offseason program. And they do. They come out in full force. And they don't, he doesn't mean they have to have to from a contractual standpoint because it is voluntary. But he makes sure they know how important it is. And I think it does show up and translate onto the field especially this year when you have a new quarterback and you have a new number one receiver, you've got to get those guys out there acclimated to their new scheme and acclimated to all of their new teammates. Yeah. And some of it too, is that off field stuff too, right? Like that being Mm -hmm. in meeting rooms together. And I mean, the first few weeks of the program, they can't even hold a football, but it's still being in the weight room together. It's getting to know each other. It's getting in the play, you know, it's all those meetings, It's you Mm -hmm. know, and then the coaches get involved in early May and it's, that, that's really kind of what it's about more than anything. And the other thing, like, 
it's three days a week for the most part. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they can come into Cleveland for three days, get out on the weekends, go do whatever you want. Um, so I, I, I think that's a very good sign that this team is, is you know, and, and we'll see. Obviously, we'll be out there during OTAs in the middle of May when, when we'll take attendance and we'll see who's there. But I, I think it's yeah. a good thing that everybody seems to be saying the right things right now. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And the fact that Kevin Stefanski can say with confidence already that um, that Deshaun Watson is going to show up for that, I, you know, he knows that he's going to, right? When Odell was first traded to the Browns, he did not show up for the offseason program, and that had a ripple effect into the season. So I think the fact that Deshaun is going to be here, Amari is going to be here, actually not here, I'm in Florida right now, but... <laughs> But that he's going to be that they're going to be in Cleveland. They're going to be working with Kevin Stefanski, as you mentioned. They have a new quarterbacks coach, Drew Petzing. So Deshaun Watson is going to get to know his new quarterbacks coach. Uh, you know, they've, they've got a, a new tight ends coach. So everything is is different. And the other thing that's very significant about this, Dan, is the fact that Kevin Stefanski readily admitted that he will do whatever it takes to play to the strengths of his quarterback. Okay. So this is not going to be the offense that you have seen over the last two years. This is not going to be, you're not going to see a bunch of three tight ends. You're going to see more passing. It's going to be a more sophisticated passing game. You probably see more three wides. Uh, So yeah, this is going to be a lot different than what you've seen before. And they have got to get down to the business of designing this offense around Deshaun Watson and getting all of their timing down and their mojo down. Okay, so there we go. Uh, another another bit of good news there for the Browns uh, with the offseason program approaching. They can get started, of course, on April 18th, which is coming up very, very quickly here, Mary Kay. This, uh, this offseason is moving fast with that, that Super Bowl week pushed back. So, uh, And obviously you are at the owners' meetings, which feel like they kind of snuck up on everybody as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will get back with you tomorrow. Uh, you're going to talk to Andrew Berry. You're going to talk to the Haslam. So I'm excited to kind of hear what they all have to say. And we'll catch up with you uh, tomorrow on all of that. Sounds great. <laughs>